0: I'd like to open this episode by thanking Chip Chasterson, Chris Simon, Jason Moses, Mitchell Stemple, and Tyler Ringeisen. Sorry if I mispronounced any of those. All of those people and more have gone to patreon.com slash and helped support the network. And if you have too, thank you.
1: Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross, and you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast.
0: Yes, and this week we are talking about the Resident Evil 2 remake, which is a survival horror game developed and published by Capcom for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC in 2019.
1: Yeah, and this is our premium episode for the month. So if you're listening to this on the Patreon feed, um, you will listen to the you'll have the whole episode. If you're listening to this on the public feed. This episode will end after we get done with the the kind of generalities before mm-hmm. we get into the play by play. If you want to get the full episode and one full episode a month plus bonfire side chat and mm-hmm. a bunch of abject sufferings and a bunch of other stuff, you can head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv.
0: Yeah, and there's already a healthy little backlog of premium mm-hmm. episodes that you can go grab nab. So now is a good time for that.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is our first remake episode. Yeah. This is we we did uh this is a remake of Resident Evil Two from nineteen ninety-eight. Uh we did an episode on that um back in twenty thirteen when we were young men. <laughs> and the uh yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's gonna be interesting to compare. If you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. And if you just came to Resident Evil Two for the uh the first time this year, I recommend checking that episode to uh hear how, how, how things used to be.
0: Yes. Uh they are very different, but also spiritually quite similar, I would say. Mm-hmm. It is a very good remake, in that it does a tremendous amount of justice to the original, while still being an amazing uh, kind of product and experience on its own.
1: Which is Capcom's new thing. Yes. Like Capcom are now pre- proving themselves to be kind of best in the business at that. Yeah. Um, with the, with this and the remake of Number One, mm-hmm. um, they are, uh, and just kind of all the different ways they've reinvented Resident Evil mm-hmm. as a thing. Like this is this is Capcom like absolutely killing it uh kind of in general.
0: Yeah, it so. is remarkable. Uh, it, it is so remarkable that it's going to be really hard I think to talk about this on its own terms, you know, mm-hmm. you know just kind of like talking about the way this controls without comparing, you know, the evolution of the third person camera from 4 to 6 right Uh, without talking about the original like this game you know doesn't just pull from the original resident evil 2 it actually like brings in a bunch of stuff from a bunch of discrete eras in re history Mm -hmm.
1: which is which is fine to talk about those things in relation to this because it's all part of the same dna yes you know so it's uh it will be hard to talk about this on its own terms but it I don't think that there's inherent virtue in talking about it on its own terms. Like yeah. it exists on its own, but it also exists in a context. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's, a uh, the kind of thing too, where if you don't have that context, don't be scared of playing it. Like mm-hmm. this is still like, this is my favorite game that came out this year. Yes. Um, this is really phenomenal. And, uh, I recommend everyone play it, even if you are not a big resident evil fan. Um, and especially, I think that you should play. This This is kind of a high level observation, but mm-hmm. if you're the, our resident evil fan who cannot get into the old ones, yeah. Um, out of the new stuff they've done, this has the most flavor from the old ones while still feeling like a perfectly tuned kind of modern game mm-hmm. um, that you will get a lot of that appeal. I think yeah. from the classic, like this is actually an awesome inroad into the classic Resident Evil games, like playing the uh, the remake of one after this actually makes a lot of sense to me. There will be mm-hmm. some ease of use stuff you'll miss. Yeah. But a lot of the things that are appealing about this are classic. Classic, classic Resident Evil.
0: Yeah. So, like, you know, that'll make it easier. It'll make the transition, I think, to, you know, the fixed camera angles. Um, Not so much the tank controls, because, like, if you're playing a modern version of the remaster, you're going to have the 2D controls anyway. So it's going to be a little bit more like a standard action game. Yeah, I would absolutely recommend this as, like, the first Resident Evil game somebody plays.
1: Yeah. It's it's not so – I mean, this or four – You know, four is still really good and four you can you can get into very easily because it's a third person over the shoulder Mm -hmm. uh, shooter. Um, But this are four, you know, seven is such an outlier Mm -hmm. in the series and is a great game in its own right. but this is exceedingly Resident Evil. Yes. Um, The story largely remains the same. This is still the story of Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield, who are two young people uh, and their companions who uh, came to Raccoon City uh, during the outbreak of the T virus during the events of the first game and you can either you know rescue the companions or the young people. Some people are in the camp where they like young people. <laughs> some people are in the camp when they like companions and some people like both and some people like neither. So yeah. you get to choose. So like squares <laughs> and rectangles. Yes. All companions are young people, not all <laughs> young people are companions.
0: <laughs> yeah um and it, i don't even know how to top that I, I i actually don't know what you're doing with the companion versus young person matrix
1: it, i think that it is it is a mr show bit okay All right. so i think so Sorry. but i'm also i'm i'm pretty tired
0: yeah you, you're you're creating some kind of like audio punnet square
1: yeah i'm 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 activating many <laughs> um yeah <laughs> but, when i record i, I aim to activate some.
0: <laughs> but yeah uh this broadly follows the arc though you know you start out in the police station or you start out on the streets uh mm-hmm. and uh head into the police station and ultimately learn uh a little bit about what was going on with a particular uh researcher a particular pair of researchers at umbrella and all of the unethical stuff that was going on that kind of led to all of this Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so uh, this is a third-person shooter kind of game, third-person over-the-shoulder perspective, similar to RE4 through 6, although it is more akin to 6 because things are really fast and fluid and responsive. Um, mm-hmm. Aiming is very important, and uh, you don't need to stand still to shoot, but you're going to want to.
1: And when we say aiming, um, specifically, you have a, a target reticule in uh in this game and one of the things it does is uh you know that titans which generally just suggest accuracy Mm -hmm. in video games um this actually increases damage as well yes so it's still got a little bit of you know if you go way back to the resident evil 4 episode we did this one of the things that i love about that game is it feels like the first slow action game to me Mm -hmm. um where it is very it's like still an action game there's still danger it's still very tense but you're taking times you're taking time to, like, line up your shots. Yes. You know, contrasting it with something like Bayonetta or something, which is an extremely fast action game. Yeah. Where it's more about Twitch reflexes, this has an element of that kind of st- strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this uh, is a nice splitting the difference of that. Like, it's faster mm-hmm. than RE4, but you still want to take your time. Yes. Um. They actually even... Uh, so we, this is a free-roaming camera, mm-hmm. um, you know, that kind of follows you behind your shoulder. They like consider doing a fixed camera mode. Uh, fixed camera means, like, you have these cinematic... And angles on the action, like old Resident Evil games. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also considered doing it first-person, which is what RE7 is. Yeah, But ultimately landed on this, which is to the game's benefit. Yes. Uh, quite a bit. Like, a first-person version of this, um, I think, would feel goofy.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. With the zombies just, and stuff, like... There's yep. the, the, there's something to be said about just having that handful of like goofy fungus enemies in seven, and then having mm-hmm. the bosses that get right up in your face. Like seven feels like a movie that was shot for three D, right?
1: Yeah, or or like one of those like a movie uh, shot from the first person perspective. Oh yeah, like, like a like a weird shitty experimental dawn like 2013 dawn of the dead you know uh george romero movie yeah but like the best possible version of it yeah like a grind house you know this is more grounded than that while also being ridiculously silly and exploitive in its own right which we'll we'll talk about yeah but somehow it's still more ground grounded than re7 like this mm. game isn't funny um you know and that first person perspective at re7 is part of why that's goofy mm-hmm. like you know having having the dad get up in your face with his like shitty teeth uh, <laughs> and kind of scream at you uh, gives these these moments of kind of insane inanity mm-hmm. you know like like real real intense inanity in re2 remake like you are meant to be scared during it even when things are objectively goofy yes.
0: Yeah. Additionally, like just from a pure mechanics point of view, you know, the fact that you are going to be fighting a lot of very persistent enemies, a lot of enemies uh, at a time, your sense of your place in the world around you, you know, like Mm -hmm. a sense of peripheral vision is going to be really important, right? Like you want to be able to, uh, you want to be able to escape and know if something's coming at you from the side because they are generally going to.
1: Well, there's also a lot of the levels are designed around kind of limiting that to you. Yeah. Like the fact that you're so many corridors, like you almost always are just dealing you, that, that that can happen. But generally, they kind of prevent it. You just need to be aware mm-hmm. when it does. Yeah. Yeah. The um, I was just I was thinking about uh having a third person camera would be a really weird superpower. <laughs> yeah. Like if I if my I could see from the third person behind me mm-hmm. like that, what a what a minor superpower like be able to see around corners, you'll know, be able to see things around me like it is like or a real ridiculous avatar strength that we don't give a lot of credit to. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: almost like a representation of superhuman situational awareness.
1: Yeah, like a like a spider sense. Yeah. You know, and, and but other than like, you know, they usually just use that to dodge in the video games, this mm-hmm. is more about just knowledge. Yes. So. Um
0: also having the third-person perspective gives you a really good view of these environments, you know. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. This is this is a beautiful game which we'll we'll talk about. Like I love the actual like I mean in terms of like direction. Yes. And stuff like it's not, you know, the, a graphical powerhouse, but I love the way that these sets are designed. Yes. And such. Um, So this is a horror action game, Uh, you know, very, very much. And it feels very cinematic. Like the combat is very similar to Resident Evil's kind of uh, promise of just the cinematic action monster movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that way when we did uh, RE2, you know, mm-hmm. like around the same time I played Silent Hill 1. Yeah. Um, is that and the difference between I think those two franchises is that like while Silent Hill is more thematically rich and everything. Like Resident Evil games are fun in your hands. Yeah, like it's fun to fight stuff in Resident Evil games. It's never mm-hmm. fun to fight stuff in Silent Hill games. Like never. Right. Yeah. Um. You know. And this is a really great execution of that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um. So we're fighting zombies again. Um. You know. After seven's dalliance with fungus-based enemies. You know. We're back in Raccoon City. This is the T virus. Mm-hmm. We've got zombies and there are you know handful of other monsters, but primarily, uh, this is a real return to form and the way that these zombies. Act in an encounter is super notable because they are very, very durable, especially on the top two difficulty tiers, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there's this key moment of play that they even talk about in this developer roundtable that uh, was put out here recently where, you know, you fired your last couple of bullets into a zombie as it's closing in on you. And you kind of hold your breath to see if its final motion is going to be to collapse right in front of you or lunge and grab your throat right mm-hmm. a lot you know sometimes these encounters when you are low on resources come down to that will it finally die at the very last moment
1: yep and uh re- you know very uh very intense uh very very kind of compelling compelling moments like this game does a great job of mixing the kind of fear of environments and cinematic fear with the player avatar danger fear mm-hmm. you know which is what horror games do yes you know in Um, a general sense like that's the good thing that they can do mm
0: -hmm. yeah um and these zombies get up again too like Mm -hmm. you know you don't have the old re trick of seeing if they bleed right you know you Mm -hmm. know there's no like perfectly circular pool of blood that you know emanates from beneath them no sometimes they're just going to get back up on you
1: you can test it but it's always going to cost resources yes you know if you if you fire a bullet into a zombie and it doesn't react like it is dead goodbye bullet bullet. (laughs) yeah goodbye bullet it's been nice. I hope you find your paradise. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it it's a it, it's going to cost resources to have that surety. Um, the The tension in this game and kind of the one one lesson that you get into it when you start like taking the game on its own terms, is that uh, though those resources are exceedingly important, and you don't need to be doing that, and you don't need to be making sure zombies are down. right. um this is this is a game uh, you know, that has an action avatar. Uh, But is essentially still a resource management. Like, it is still very much a Resident Evil game where it is about checking the number of resources you have and pitting that against the challenges between you and your next cache of resources.
0: Yeah. Um, And, you know, running is a good idea a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. You know, understanding the – it's part of understanding the space to know which zombies are going to be worth killing,
1: you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where this actually becomes exceedingly weird as a a remake. mm Mm-hmm. Because if you know the broad strokes, like this changes a lot of the things that you're going to be doing in the order of operations. So the yeah. same places that might be safe in the police station in the original version are not safe here. However, you do have a good idea of like, this is a a hallway I'll be going through multiple times. Yes. Um, if you played the original version. Mm-hmm. So so there is this sense of intense difference between somebody who's coming at this new versus come, somebody who's coming at it with the context. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have a totally different experience just from having that foreknowledge.
0: Yes. Um, and like the original remake, they do fake outs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're coming in expecting an iconic scene to be there, you're like, okay, well, it's not going to be there in, in the context that you remember it in. Like they, they 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 pull that, but then they hit it with you later when you think it's, when you think everything's going to be different,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of two hundred one level to this. So you you eventually learn like, hey, resources are extremely no valuable I need to save those I don't have to kill everything then you realize actually I'm going to be swimming in resources if I don't do that yes and that is this very very uh satisfying moment of kind of like understanding and awakening of this game Mm -hmm. when you know what you have to kill what you have to disable and where everything is and that is this feeling of empowerment that feels very earned in a way that just like numbers going up like if you just got experience for killing every zombie and just Mm -hmm. leveled up every 10 zombies it wouldn't feel the same right um, as just kind of like, oh, I've been managing my shit really, really well, and I'm I'm going into this last boss with 25 acid rounds. Yeah, okay, with a king's bounty of, of acids round. The the acid lord. The lords of acid do not have as many acid rounds as I do. No, um, the, uh, mere vassals, vassals of acid. Yeah, the the, the the peasants of acid is what they are to me. Um, that is that is a, a really really great feeling of player empowerment. Yes. Um, and
0: what we're talking about with dodging enemies that is aided by, uh, the enemy animation being really, really good,
1: like well, good, but it's super fucking tricky. Yeah. Like I find dodging enemies in this really, really hard. Oh, um, I like, I, there's no dodge button like re three. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, you know, the, the, the lunges that the, the zombies will do. They can kind of go from zero to 60. Yeah. They close distance
0: it. really quick.
1: Yeah. yeah. So what I ended up finding, I and mean, this is getting into the actual play, but, Instead of just dodging enemies straight up, I found ways to stun them, kind of splitting mm-hmm. the difference. Like using some resources, the zombie will still be alive, but that's fine. Yeah, I just need to pop it in the head once so it's reeling, and then during that very brief window, sprint past.
0: Yeah, kn- kn- knee cap them is, a, yep. is a, another thing you can do. Yeah, for oh. me, for me, like I I invested time early on in kind of understanding what their what their reach, kind of radius mm-hmm. was. And so, like trying to, like you know, just like you know, you, you would do this in the originals too, like understanding how you can bait them into a move they can't, you know, that that, that they're committed to, mm-hmm. in order to get around them. Yeah, uh, and that ends up being incredibly valuable in the uh, for survivor and ghost survivors modes as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. which I, I did not engage with. I, I do not like the ghost survivors of this. We'll, we'll talk about those, no. those DLCs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand why those would be fun, but mm-hmm. I do not uh, like starting over. Yeah. Halfway through those, I was just like, ah, mm-hmm. fuck this. <laughs> um, there's vending machines. That's dumb. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so something that, that is returning from the RE1 remake is emergency items. So, you know, you're picking up kind of the secondary weapons, knives, grenades, flash grenades, uh, and you can use them just like regular, right? You have, mm-hmm. you have them just uh, equipped on a different button. However, if a zombie bites you from the front... Uh, you get a little QTE to decide. Okay, do I want to take the bite or do I want to shove this grenade into the zombie's mouth? So mm-hmm.
1: and lose the resource. Yes. You know, um, a grenade is. I mean, you don't. It's kind of interesting. So, a grenade is actually huge, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can clear out a crowd. You can do a lot of damage to a boss. Um, if you stick it in a, in a zombie's mouth, it's still in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you headshot that zombie, it will blow up, and that mm-hmm. can be very satisfying. Yeah. Otherwise, though, you just lose it. Yes. Um, you have a knife as well, which you can retrieve, but knives, this is a a choice that took me a long time to, to get okay with. Mm -hmm. Like when I first started playing this, I was like, that's a real fucking interesting choice and I hate it. Um, (laughs) but your knife will fall apart. It has limited durability and the knife is always the bedrock Mm -hmm. of, of resident evil game. It's always this thing that, um, if you run out of ammo, this is what this is for. It's very hard to use, but if you master it, it will save you a lot. Yeah. And now it is a consumable. Yep. Um, it has limited durability um, you can recover it once you stab into someone, but only a few times before yeah. it falls apart.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it is something to get used to. Like it makes sense, you know, in a real world real world perspective. I don't care how good your knife is, you know, if you bought it from mm-hmm. Infowars or whatever. There are only so many sternums it can go through. But um, it's more than four, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like, more than four.
1: If you're buying, I don't know where you guys are getting your knives. Yeah. <laughs> from, but if your knives are not uh, four sternum plus, yeah. Then I'm going to need you to go back to your knife guy and get some more money back. It's it's
0: rated like water resistance. It's by meters. How many meters of sternum?
1: Yeah, I can go through. Or they they set up a machine that just sets up a series of artificial sternums (laughs) for it to stab through. And then the machine just robotically stabs sternums. If that machine ever gets AI, it's the worst machine to ever get AI. (laughs) Like, it's only known one thing its whole life, and it's sternums and the stabbing of a witch. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So, yeah, uh, this this ultimately didn't bother me too terribly much. There were not very many scenarios where I kind of was baked down to just the knife.
1: Mm. So it happened. I had a, a false start. It happened oh. to be early on before I really understood the new economy, mm-hmm. and then I had that wonderful feeling of starting a game over and you know getting through something that took a really long time very quickly. Yeah, first you know it, and then I was I was better. F- you know, first pancake versus second pancake, or uh, undead Berg because i'm still i can't get on board with your wasting pancake philosophy <laughs> it's not a philosophy it's just a It's just, it's just a, what is it a hobby <laughs> like what is it then <laughs>
0: hey, listen listen calling. So, somebody has to deal with this batter surplus okay
1: <laughs> um... Between you and Tron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: but these emergency weapons are, uh, you know, it's 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 a really good mechanic. Like just the the, the idea that you can give yourself a get out of jail free card. Later mm-hmm. enemies, um, you you know, you always want to have one of these items on you when they're around because their grab attack will either inflict a status effect or, and, you know, in a kind of shitty way, do instant death. Um, yeah. We'll talk about those enemies when we get to them.
1: Um, which, yeah, the, uh, so, uh, the, the remake, of this game kind of follows Resident Evil sevens lead, um, in having these puzzle box locations, right. You know, so as opposed to Resident Evil five and six, when you kind of move through a combat corridor and would file the enemies, get to the other end and then have like kind of a set piece battle or a boss battle. Mm-hmm. This is more, uh, large lived in locations. You're going to be backtracking through finding key items, doing Metroidvania stuff. Yes, Um, you know, and there are only a few major ones It's Mm -hmm. the police station uh, with the basement, the sewers and the labs. Um, That's really it. Like this is, you know, we'll talk about that, but this is a short game. Um, Those are your three locations.
0: Yes, it is incredibly satisfying and it hits that just perfect nostalgia feeling for me Mm -hmm. for classic survival horror stuff where you do begin with this knot and then you are slowly untangling it. As you mm-hmm. as you unlock as you unlock more pathways and more kind of uh, rooms and secrets and things like that, um, and
1: they also do like a really amazing thing to undercut that mastery, which yes. we'll talk about in a moment.
0: Yes, um, to help with that, to help with you know this being a real backtrack heavy game, this map is one of the most useful in games probably. Um, yeah, it's a great map. It's a very very good map uh, that doesn't just show you which rooms you have. You know fully explored and found all the items in but if you pass up an item um, and I think that this even was a thing like back in code Veronica it feels more useful here though for some reason maybe because it's more recent Um, if you pass an item um, you don't even have to like look at it or interact with it it'll just be marked showing you what it is on your map. So you can say, like, okay, I desperately need a green herb. Um, I didn't have room for it when I you know, when I ran through that room. Well, let me go back there so I can get this and then give myself a leg up for the next boss fight or what have you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, I ended up finding this, um, the logic of when it decided to do this, I think it is, you don't have to, like, click on it. Mm-hmm. I think your character, it's when your character sees it. Because mm-hmm. it would have, th- some things not pop up in a room until, like, I would go into a room I thought was empty. It didn't have the cleared color yeah uh, it turns it turns blue when it's cleared but i'd go in there and find something and i think it's just because i had my back to it oh yeah when i was in I, there like i, I think i think your avatar has to see it which is super cool yes yeah um you know having that kind of sense of like oh my avatar saw this even if i didn't mm-hmm. and now know you know that's on the map that's really neat yeah um so this uh the you have this uh resource game where you're trying to find essentially finding bullets healing items and key items mm-hmm. um there are also uh gunpowder's um, which you remember from Resident Evil 3. Yeah. Um, you had different types of powder that can be co- combined to make different types of ammo. This allows you kind of a little bit of, like, it's not quite build control, but if you have a preference for, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, one weapon over another, um, you can either, you know, bet it all and get lots of magnum rounds or you can get a lot more than that in shotgun rounds. Um, this was a system that I did not find, like, super complicated or engaging. I just made shotgun rounds when I could yeah. and did just fine. <laughs> you know, um, this this was a little bit like not annoying, but I I do feel like this is kind of underutilized compared to like, um, previous games. You'd get like freeze rounds and shit. You get things that had yeah. more status effects. This was more just like just give me the shotgun rounds and don't make me do the inventory tax of like, futzing around with these jars.
0: Yeah, these are an inventory tax. Like you will find yeah. these and they will uh they they'll be taking stuff up. And you know sometimes in order to get a key item without doing a backtrack, you might find yourself making the dreaded submachine gun ammo.
1: Yeah, and then it's like, well, I guess I'll just throw this away. Yeah, like I'm just I'm just gonna put this in. I'm just gonna hand this to a, to a zombie <laughs> and ask them to insert it into their own sternum, and then I'm gonna go about my merry business. Yes, you know. Yeah. So. Um, this is good.
0: Uh, it is it is a good system for them to have brought brought forward. It just feels a little bit extraneous, maybe.
1: Extraneous is the word I would use. There's yeah. two. Like, I think this game is one of the most elegant games I have played in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the most finely tuned, yeah. like, um, and that's going to be hard to talk about. I think that's going to come out in the back half of the episode more when we talk about individual encounters, but I think this game is almost perfectly tuned. There are two things I think are sloppy and it's this and the weird preponderance of handguns in the second half. Um,
0: we'll talk about that when we, when we get there. Uh, that is a very strange decision and I'm not sure what benefit that redounds. It's so
1: fucking bizarre. Yeah. Like it just, just to have, you know. Likely Claire would be this weird root and tootin' cowboy girl with like <laughs> lots of six shooters. <laughs> it's like, what game am I playing? Like this and they, they don't use the same bullet and it's just very, very weird. Yeah. Um there's two yeah, those two major inelegancies, but I think that it's one of those like bright lights, uh tall shadows thing where it's like, again, the rest of the game is just so like it is a finely tuned engine. Yeah. That you just really notice when there's a little bit of slop. hmm Um, one of the big things that is super finely tuned and one of the you know, best things to happen in games this year or in the last couple of years, <laughs> I think, is uh, Mr. X. Is this uh, being, you know, similar to Nemesis, this kind of pursuit uh, version of horror, which they had done in seven. You know, there are these these Jack segments where Jack is chasing you. Mm-hmm. This is much more persistent and baked into the game. Yes. Um.
0: So Mr. X returns from, you know, the original RE2. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not just limited to the B scenario, though. He is going to be introduced partway through when you're in the police station and he early yes yep comparatively early yeah and he will follow you he is a big trench-coated wax-faced fedorid dude who will punch his way through doors gently shove zombies aside and he cannot be killed
1: yeah yep he is a big invincible menace that will chase you the entire game and they did a lot of things with him that were really interesting. Yes. Uh, we love Nemesis. If you go back to the Resident Evil 3
0: mm-hmm.
1: episode, I still love Nemesis. Yes. Um, that was made, you know, Nemesis is cinematic.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Nemesis is mm-hmm. I get to a uh, restaurant and now time for Nemesis. Yes. Um, Mr. X is a dynamic part of the world in kind of a Sim sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Mr. X like moves around on his own. Um, there have been a lot of videos people have found uh, no clip, you know, ways to kind of view the entire mansion at once mm-hmm. while they're playing and really dissected the behavior of this uh, video game critter. And <laughs> it is really impressive and cool what they're actually doing. Yep. Um So Mr. X follows rules like he does not just appear when convenient other than a couple of exceptions. Mm-hmm. He uh, walks around looking for you. When you make more noise, he moves faster. <laughs> when he uh, gets close to you, he slows down and starts searching for you. Yep. Um, and this is just a low level patina of, of tension that will, you know, be over most of your game. Yes. Of this thing is following me. I need to be quiet. (laughs) I need to be ready at all times. Uh, and it just, as soon as you feel like you've mastered an area, Mm -hmm. you have this new tension added to it.
0: Yeah. And that is compelling as hell. That tension is aided by one of the best pieces of sound design, which is his pounding, thudding footsteps, Um, you know, and that's how you can tell that he's not just kind of like warping around because at at the very least within sections of the of the precinct, you can hear where he's at. You know, if you're playing this, you know, with any kind of stereo setup or surround sound setup, you can tell like he's
1: probably like a couple of rooms over below me. Or well, he doesn't. Like that. Yeah, he doesn't start making noise until he's within two rooms of you. Yeah. Um, up until that point, he actually does a very funny like shimmy slide. <laughs> he just yeah. kind of scoots around and like not quite a T pose, but yeah. like he's skating. <laughs> um, to get you, but he's not. He doesn't beeline for you. Mm-hmm. He searches. Um, he searches quickly, but he searches. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, once that thudding comes, it's like, well, shit. Like, if, <laughs> once you know that, that's only when he's close. Like, you have this mental map. Mm -hmm. of the police station so you can guess like where he might be yeah (laughs) um there are rooms where he's off and you could also guess like okay there are two paths to get out of here this one would give if mr x happens to be in this one i can still get through him because there's a you know a knee-high bench that he can't walk over right right um so i will i will go through this one even if he might be there i could deal with him better here
0: yeah or uh going back to an earlier conversation knowing okay there are two paths out of here i definitely didn't clear everything that was on this other path So like, you know, (laughs) there may be just a zombie who gets me and that's not that big of a deal, but Mr. X will come in and crush my head like a grape. Yeah. So, you know, that like that, that all factors in and to me, like that high pressure, high stakes, kind of like pop quiz hotshot moment about the geography or geometry of this, uh, of this precinct uh, is so satisfying um and mm. it is consistently like the thing that is scariest and most tense about this yep. game
1: that even though like like a lot of things in video games that present as being uh exceedingly scary and tense once you know how to deal with them they're they you know their bark is worth, worse than their bite yeah like Mr. X will punch you <laughs> like that sucks you know it, it hurts when he punches you um but you have a lot of tools of uh stunning him if you want to yep you know, you can shoot him in the face. A flash grenade will do it. Um, If you can get him into any wide open area, you can dodge him. He moves really slow. Yeah. His windups are very slow. He is more uh, intimidating than anything. Yeah. And just operating <clears throat> under that intimidation, knowing that you're not under any real threat unless you really fuck up, mm-hmm. um, is a great place to be.
0: Yeah. Um And it makes you scoot, you know, like, and yep. it rides a little bit of a knife's edge, like oh, shit, I just want to get this thing done, but here's Mr. X, and now I've got to run around for a while. Like, those mm-hmm. moments happen, um, especially if you're if you're on to what what kind of shit he's on. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's also, you know, those kind of close, tight moments, you know, where it's like, yeah, uh, uh, j- almost, just barely, and then he comes.
1: Yep, yep, it's uh, really good. And the way, the reason uh, I, I was looking at it and I, the interviews and stuff, where they're like, I was like, why does this guy wear this dumbass hat? And the, uh, the reason is that he's meant to fit into real, like they were, there were agents meant to fit in the real world. Yeah. Like you're supposed to just like look down a crowded street, see Mr. X and not think anything of it. Even though he's eight so foot tall. Yeah. There's one eight foot tall guy hanging <laughs> out here in the rain. There's an eight foot tall detective. Uh, t- it's time for tall detective. <laughs> I saw large crimes.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm the sheriff of moving your helicopters. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if I'm a going to move your helicopter. Um, <laughs> So it, it, the hat is very funny. You can shoot the hat off. Dude. Yes,
0: um, and the hat, the hat oh. is part of. I mean, just you know, get, to to get into Ari lore, the hat is part of his power limiter because he is a tyrant, and tyrants uh, uh, mutate out of out of control if they are not kind of contained. Uh, the you know, the shooting the hat
1: off, the hat off makes him pissed, and he yep. uh, he gets more powerful and such. And the, that is the, the, the later RE lore, just know that you don't need to know that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, so just, uh, it's good. It's good that Cole knows it. We'll, we'll mention it when it comes up, but don't feel like you need to know that.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, but Mr. X is good. Uh, his, his, uh, his presence is missed in the second half of the game. I think, mm-hmm. you know, like especially in, uh, Claire's campaign, there's a definite moment where like, oh yeah, he's gone forever. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, even though there is when he's gone temporarily, like when, you know, he'll come back, mm-hmm. um, there's a, a, a real sense of relief too. Yes. Like just like, oh, I just don't have to worry about that for a little while. And I know when he comes back, it's going to be cool, mm-hmm. you know? So extremely yeah. good. Yeah. Um, what's kind of less good or a little bit disappointing, even though it's not a big deal, um, is, uh, Resident Evil 2 had the, a perplexingly named thing called the zapping system, mm-hmm. which we talked about. Um, I wish yeah. it was not called the zapping system. Same. Um, you know, and, uh. This is a thing where your first run would impact your second run. You had an A game and a B game. And uh, if you picked up ammo in the A game, it maybe wouldn't be there for the B game, Mm -hmm. uh, etc. So you have this kind of like extra layer of resource control where you're also controlling for your future self. Um, That's no longer the case. Um, There is an A and B run and there is different content in each. Like it's still worth playing both. Mm -hmm. But they do not interact. Uh, very much. They don't interface with each other at all, really.
0: Right. In the original, there was a conceit that both of these were happening you know, roughly concurrently, and there were lots of places where that didn't make sense. But, you know, the idea that if I picked up something here, it wouldn't be available for the other person later. All of that is gone. Um, it would be impossible for these two campaigns or for these two journeys to be happening at the same time because they cover so much of the same ground. You know, yeah. Leon and Claire followed the same path with kind of one major detour into their own side stories midway through the game. And those stories kind of relate to relate to the uh, the other survivors that they that they find along the way. This is
1: much at their companions. Yes. Is the word you're looking for. They have different companions. These young people. Yes. Um, this is this is <laughs> much more um, the B side of this. You know, the B game feels like a B side. Yeah. You know, just kind of like slightly alternate version yeah. of the game. Um. When we talked about earlier, this plays into the game being so short, mm-hmm. you know, like playing both these games. It is a pleasure to play it twice with the B scenario. It's meant to be replayed. Yeah. So um, now it's called a second run campaign mm-hmm. as opposed to like the B game or the zapping game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call them B scenarios out of habit.
0: A Same. Lot. Yeah. Um, something that this does avoid is kind of the tricky problem of like the canonical first and second run. So like Leon A, Claire B doesn't make an awful lot of sense in the overall scheme of the of the, of the series, you know? Uh whereas Claire A, Leon B like has everybody hitting the notes that make sense for their for their characters. They kind of um avoid that just by having mm-hmm. to be real prescriptive this time.
1: hmm hmm Yeah. Yeah. And you know, your mm-hmm. mileage is gonna vary how much you care about that canon. Yeah, yeah. Too. I'm not trying to say that to Tisk tisk you cole. I'm trying to say to present this game as accessible as it is. Yes. Um, as opposed to being a kind of thing where you have to be really wrapped up in the lore, because this is one of the longest running, you know, game, game series. That's still going. Absolutely. Right? Like yeah. it's really up there. So yeah. it's like, you just don't need to know that stuff. Don't feel intimidated. This is, this is, does stand alone. Is it worth me mentioning it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like I'm right. not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not tisking. I'm just letting, I just want people who maybe don't know the series. Yep. To play this game because I, it's my favorite game of the year so far. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so the take oh. the takeaway from that point, you know, might be like, don't worry about who you pick to go first or second. Like, it's mm-hmm. not going to have
1: a, a a huge impact. And and the for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Like, choose whoever. you Like, we have a way we're doing it for this. I would also say a takeaway would be like, don't worry about the lore of the series. Yeah, you just need you will get by just fine in this game just knowing there are zombies mm-hmm. and you'll learn that they come from a lab. Yeah, you know Yahtzee. Like mm-hmm. that—that's good enough for for a Resident Evil two remake, yeah, for sure. Um, we're doing Leon A and Claire B, mm-hmm. um, which is not canonical, but it does feel—you know—Leon is bef- is before Claire in the thing. It does feel like the way it's meant to be experienced.
0: Statistically, this is the one that most people picked. I think mm-hmm. Capcom has revealed that.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so the game, once we get kind of the nitty gritty, it takes place in nineteen ninety eight, uh, shortly after the first uh, event of the first game, the Raccoon City incident, mm-hmm. uh, in the mansion yeah and uh yeah so the uh the we're in areas that are nostalgic that we did in the original version, but they have all been updated right um not just to look better but also to uh you know make it a little bit more sense,
0: yeah as well, so I mean, just kind of one of the areas that a lot of people are going to recognize the uh police station main hall, right you mm-hmm. think, okay, you know you walk in, you've got that music, uh it's kind of laid laid out in this really weird kind of stately way that doesn't make an awful lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. however, if you go back and play the original, uh, that hall is really big and really empty. Yeah. Here, Here's like nothing there. <laughs> yeah. And, and that stands true for actually all of those old games, specifically one and two. Uh, most of all, I recently went and streamed the RE director's cut. And there are areas that are just, like, big square hallways that have nothing in them. Mm -hmm. Here, though, in the course of updating it, they have turned that main hall into a triage center. Because, like, yeah, this was a shelter that the government told people to run to. So there are going to be gurneys and hospital room separators and garbage bags full of bloody
1: rags. And it it doesn't feel like the PS4 generation clutter bomb right either like these things are artfully placed to give a sense of environment it's mm-hmm. not just filled with different sizes of jars <laughs> style. you know it, it is it's, it's really really well done like all these places feel really real and meticulously put together mm-hmm. um as being in a place that was kind of frozen in time in the middle of a disaster yeah you know uh, feeling really really phenomenal um let's talk about the gore of this because after re7 you know it's like okay this is something they're recommitted to but this is a new level yes <laughs> of gore
0: uh, um this game is fascinated with the meat what makes up a body yeah uh sternum
1: bot has is asking questions sternum bot is signed on yeah <laughs> sternum bot is logged on sternum bot is typing <laughs> no, <it's fine>. um <laughs> So uh, and this is something where I can see this falling, I can see arguments for and against yeah, yeah. this, like quite honestly. Like I I get both sides of it. It took me a little while to warm up to it because it is egregious. <laughs> um, there is very early on, there's like a thing where somebody's face slides off, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like yeah. this is this is this is some, you know, this is beyond trauma shit. Like this yeah. is this is exploitation-y mm-hmm. um to the extreme. But I do think, like, first of all, for one, it it eases back on that which is very weird. It's an opening gambit yeah. of this, like that kind of stuff ends after the police station, like the humans being torn apart yep. stuff. It's mostly about monsters then. And then it's just special effects, right? Yeah. The actual body horror, like I'm looking at a human whose face is not where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Eases off. It is a, it is a shock yep. thing. It is supposed to mirror your character's feeling of being thrown into the situation. And feeling like oh this is real
0: yeah just you know for for from tip to toe this entire situation is all about bodies doing things they shouldn't do yes yeah 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 i'm into it i it it, it never really bothered me and that isn't a weird flex or anything i just saw this and for me like the body horror angle and the gore i just i, I don't know how you could make how you could make a game that concerns itself with g birkin that didn't
1: lean on this really really heavily yeah, yeah, Because yeah, that's what that's what he. I mean, but they they did with this the first version of this, like you you see you know body horror, mm-hmm. but not even not even by 1998 standards, did was it this gruesome? Right. You know, it was more just like uh, monsters. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't so much humans. Yeah. Dealing with this stuff, so they they definitely leaned into it more than they ever have, mm. with with a Bergen story. Yeah, I just I I thought it I thought it was the right way to go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, I ended up coming around on it. If the entire game was constantly shoving me in, this in my face, I think mm-hmm. I would have gotten fatigued by it. Oh, absolutely. And it yeah. ceased to have any impact. But it is something that goes away, which I thought was really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Then they replace um, it. Like, you know, I think on the grand scheme of thing, what's going on in them their Sewers, is much more upsetting to me than the guy whose face is in the wrong place.
1: Yeah, it's it's grosser. <laughs> it's just a different kind of right. gross. You know, mean yeah. not grosser, but it's a different kind of gross for sure. Mm-hmm
0: yeah um yeah so all the characters are here um and kind of along with that general modernizing they've been rewritten to have more emotion and more motivation characters who are real one-off jokes like they actually have scenes with impact and good performances like Uh generally the acting in this is fantastic which isn't to say it's not melodramatic like they fall into some tired ass tropes however um it's really effective in the moment and they sell it quite well
1: yep and as opposed to you know for a series that's known for kind of sub b movie level voice acting um i think this is one of the games that was a victim of the voice actor strike yes um it it, you know definitely was so they brought in some scabs yeah they did
0: they did use non non non-union uh which which
1: you know, just for the record sucks. Yes. Like, I, it wasn't enough for me to boycott the game, obviously, but I do think it sucks. Yeah. I made you a know? note of that even later. So, yeah, no, don't worry. So, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. But the, just while we're praising the performances, mm-hmm. just know that they are not yeah. our union brothers. <laughs> they, they, they did good, but also they're scabs. So. Yeah. Fucking scabs. Yeah, um, The body whore never stops with these <laughs> scabs. Um, so, there are a lot more people around. They have that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they talk, so the other kind of shock and awe part of this is that your character's constantly going to be saying, fuck. Yep. Um, he's just like, fuck this shit. You know, things like that. It's it, that moment where Garrett walks out and like, this is beautiful shit. When he looks out at the mountains, <laughs> it's like that, but for most of the game, for me. Like, I would be swearing in this situation too. Uh huh. But the, it never ceased to, like, huh. Like, every time it happened to me.
0: Yeah. again this was another choice that i liked you know especially like down to those small moments you know the other side of this which is your characters are talking to themselves or kind of like just expressing frustration at the zombies who refuse to die like the other side of that is the moments where leon's like all right you can do this you got this just the the amount of like self talk that's going on um Mm -hmm. it feels it feels real to me it starts feeling less real when they do it over and over again and saying the same lines I mean, I'm sure that I say for fuck's sake probably more often than a lot of folks, and that might yeah. that might belie realism. But that's what you got. You're not very realistic, here. Cole. No, no, it's I'm uh, relatable. Some
1: Grant Morrison asked them to tell somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you are not realistic. Um, yeah, this is something again. I think I'm I'm a little bit more mixed on the gory on this than you are. Like I I still get it, but yeah. I also think like. You know, it just made me laugh, and I don't know if that was the intent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like every single time it happened, I chuckled and it's like <laughs> I'm supposed to be scared now, not chuckling. Yeah. You know? Um, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like the same kind of funny like Jack does in RE seven. Yeah, yeah. This does not feel like a game that is purposely straddling the comedy horror line like that game does. Mm-hmm. Um the characters uh that we have, so Claire and Leon our main characters, are very young. Yeah. Um they're based on the the on models. Mm-hmm the two actors that they used, um, and they look like it. Oh, like yeah. These are very weirdly attractive uh, humans. <laughs> and uh, here's a pro tip. Don't go on YouTube and search Resident Evil 2 because it's entirely like naked Claire mods. Jesus Christ, um, really? The, it is everywhere. Like Everyone is just doing like, what if we made Claire super sexy and or naked? And what if we made Mr. X really, really sexy? And that was the joke was he was chasing her like Pepe Le Pew. And, and it is... It's, like, the third result. Like, if you just put in Resident Evil 2 Remake, mm. like, before you get to, like, a lot of reviews, before you get to speedruns, yeah. before you get to anything, you were getting this horny bullshit. Fucking yuck, from people, man. I don't know why I get surprised. You want to monster fuck uh, Claire, and it's gross. Yeah, stop so, that. I mean, stop that, folks. Yeah. Like, she's she's got enough on her mind right now without you <laughs> horny fucking gamers. Yeah. You know, front-rubbing, <laughs> like... She's had a rough day. dude. <laughs> front rub. <laughs> <laughs> Leave her alone.
0: Yeah. No, this the, the, the that sucks. I do like how young they are, you know, cuz like in the original in that art style they were ageless anime porcelain dolls. Like even Sherry was, you know, just kind of like a a, a half-scale adult.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were all they're all run P assets. <laughs> yes. They were they were they were all just 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 what if what if anime character <laughs> that uh, you know, well, the the bio says that they're 18, but uh-huh. we have no idea actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, no, but they but they they appear uh as as young as they are, and you know, it makes a little bit of sense because these are you know these are origin stories. Like we see a young, naive, idealistic Leon who looks like somebody who
1: is, you know, just out of college. You know, you, mm-hmm. have
0: you seen a twenty-two-year-old recently?
1: Yeah, they're exceedingly young. Yeah. It's weird. Um <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense that they're that there's young because they're inexperienced and this is their first exposure. You yeah. know, this is the this is the guy who's going to go on to be what, where's everyone going bingo you know so <laughs> your yes, right hand starts comes somewhere. off yeah yeah um the only good cop in fiction <laughs> um, so when you start the game you get difficulty selections um and these are interesting because you're kind of choosing between like an easy mode a hard mode and uh everything mode yeah. uh in the game um it is uh there's an assist mode which does like aim assist um enemies do less damage you get more ammo yeah um hardcore mode uh, makes enemies tougher um, you get fewer bullets and you also have ink ribbons to save yeah um, but most interesting is standard mode which has the variable difficulty from re4 mm-hmm. um, and that variable difficulty like difficulty is in the zeitgeist right now is a, yeah. a discussion in games and the way it's like guys capcom figured it out though 4? like we don't have to have this discussion just make the game smart enough to like <laughs> make itself a perfect challenge on its own yeah <laughs> you know um so th- this is actually great i love a variable difficulty i love a dynamic difficulty in a game
0: yeah um because it uh adjusts to you and yields to you without making you feel
1: bad about it yeah Yep. there's no shame in it you're not choosing an option you don't like it just like we're gonna make the game balance and they're really smart about it mm-hmm. like i don't think this game is easy no you know i went through i just played through on standard i didn't play through on hardcore mm-hmm. um because i i think i'm too old for ink ribbons unless i'm like specifically playing an old game like and i'm right you know i, I don't want to Manage that really yeah um for fun but the um the the game was very well balanced the entire time where i felt resources were scarce i was in danger Mm -hmm. i needed to think to solve my problems yes the entire time on standard difficulty like if i replayed it a bunch of times, I'm sure I would get to hardcore or standard resort to feel easy, mm-hmm. but for a first playthrough, I'm not familiar with everything. Standard was perfect. Yes. Like really, really when I talk about how well tuned this game is, that's one of the things I'm talking about. Like the difficulty is exceedingly well done. Yeah. It always,
0: it always rises to meet you and pushes you just the right amount.
1: Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you've you you know, just you got, got, got the, the right tests. resistance. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's yeah. wonderful.
0: Something that hardcore mode. So it doesn't just have ink ribbons. It also gets rid of checkpoints. Um, and mm-hmm. that speaks to again a modernization of this. When you play on standard or assisted, um, you do have checkpoints, so you're mm-hmm. not you're not you know losing a fair amount of progress to go back to the most recent save point. You know they are fairly generous with putting you back shortly
1: before you failed, so you can it's, approach in a different way. Especially during scenes where instant death yes is a thing. You know during some set piece encounters, and this is you know I can imagine people complaining about this, mm-hmm. or like really. You know like is this is really a problem if you're gonna go fight a boss that kills you in one hit that you maybe <laughs> don't know what to do you're mad that you have to you don't have to start over mm-hmm. you know this checkpointing thing is is a purely good construct yeah. as well, I think, yeah,
0: I don't think there's a good argument against it,
1: yeah, I and mean, i I've seen people online make arguments about it, but it's not yeah. I don't think there's good arguments.
0: I mean, would I be interested in like a more modular difficulty where I could keep the standard, you know, responsive or adaptive difficulty, but add in the ink, you know, the, the ink ribbons. I think that would be more interesting to me than doing the, you know, kind of hate fuck. You get two bullets and and you'll like it kind of, kind of mode. Yeah, You know, I think that, I, I don't think there's an argument against that option, but there's also not an argument against like just standard being checkpoints. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Having, having, uh, you know, in this difficulty debate, like I'm glad that uh, you know again, largely because of Celeste, mm-hmm. um, you know, a game that I don't don't love, but I I love that they did this, just granular. Yeah. You know, like keep it granular. Yeah. Like uh uh this let me control all the options. I bought the game. Let me fuck with it. <laughs> yeah. And you also know?
0: like put up front like the number of different ways difficulty can manifest. Mm-hmm. Like just let me understand. You know, like it like it is not uh, difficulty is not a monolith.
1: You know. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um. Love this shit. Yeah. Um so as we mentioned um there are these kind of bonus modes uh similar to to the old the original version. Yeah, yeah. Um there's a very difficult thing called the fourth survivor mode where you play as a character named Hunk Mm-hmm. uh calling jeremy greer uh, not because i think <laughs> jeremy greer is a hunk but because of supernatural right jeremy greer is fine yeah <laughs> in
0: terms of handsomeness Jeremy greer is fine he's not fine
1: yeah he's not yeah he's he, you know i just i you know jeremy maybe you, you decide yeah if you're listening to this you think jeremy greer is a hunk it just feels weird for me to decide <laughs> yes you know it's not um, it's not up like, to you it's not up he's to a coworker. You. yeah i can get sued um <laughs> So you get to play as Hunk, who is this umbrella kind of stormtrooper guy, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get a G-virus sample uh, from the sewers to a helipad.
0: Yep. You have a limited um, inventory.
1: Yep. And that's kind of, this is like a challenge, like not quite a speed run mode, but you are going to want to do it fast. Yeah. Um, can you get through this with very limited inventory? Right.
0: Mode. Um, this is, it's fun to try. Like, I definitely gave up on trying to, like, master it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I got up, like, partway through the precinct, and I was like, oh, I've gotten what I want out of this. Yeah. Yeah. If you succeed, you can play as tofu again. Uh, That Mm -hmm. is amazing that they brought that forward uh, and also made it more complicated. So in the original, they just kind of had a test asset that was a big, a big white uh, kind of rectangle cube Mm -hmm. kind of guy. Looked like a hunk of tofu. And as he got hurt, you know, it turned to turn to red and then he would die here. It is a big, greasy looking hunk of tofu that as zombies attack, it gets little bites taken out of it.
1: It gets more eaten. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) um pretty pretty amazing not why i play these right. these games these little yeah. challenge modes but i like that it exists i like watching people do tofu yes. challenge runs um speaking of challenge runs they also released a free dlc um called the ghost survivors where you play these alternate stories of people who died in the game this is as if they survived mm-hmm. um there are three of them they unlock a fourth um i was massively disappointed in these you yeah. i thought this was going to be story content same And it's not. It is. It's essentially fourth survivor. It's just another little challenge run
0: mini game. Yeah, with different starting points, ending points. It adds in, uh, um, you know, like certain enemies that you have to kill to get keys, like enemies with with Jan sports on.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you you are the Jan sport (laughs) hunter. You have backpacks like 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 a. Like someone might collect ears <laughs> in a war, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um the thing that I think is interesting about those is they do add like each of these campaigns has a has a spe- special type of monster in it.
1: Yeah. Feels know? very on loan from the Left 4 Dead collection, actually. Yeah. Like yeah. the Left 4 Dead special infected from uh not the uh you know spitters and stuff, but yeah. the um special common infected from Left 4 Dead too. Mm-hmm. Um I hope those enemies, if they do a proper DLC, yeah. um I hope those enemies show up. Because the enemies themselves are interesting. I just don't think Playing a different avatar going through a level I already know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, with fewer resources is that interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, so so. The, the the this is
1: DLC for people who love for Survivor, who love mercenary mode kind of stuff. And mercenary, I liked mercenary mode so much more. Same. Like the RE4 like bonus mode, like could have been its own game. Like I loved that mode. Yeah, it was. Um, they,
0: they they did yeah. do a mercenaries game for the uh for the three DS.
1: That's true. Everyone hated that though, right? Yeah.
0: It wasn't good, Yeah, but they yeah. did it.
1: It's the, it was bad, but they did it. <laughs> yeah. I loved that in RE4. I was disappointed. And I even liked the RE3 one. Mm-hmm. Um, that
0: well,
1: the was, Code really Veronica
0: one was really good too.
1: I, I never played that one, but I, th- these can be good. I just don't yeah. like these short challenge sprints.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, the, like the ones that have a score element or a time attack element mm-hmm. or where you do certain things to get extra time to your clock. I like those. Yeah. The ones where they're a sprint. I like less. Yeah. Um,
0: so in addition to that DLC, there are also like plenty of options you can choose, including fun alternate outfits. Um, I like these because they do harken back to old shit, you know, their callbacks. Mm-hmm. So like Claire can dress up as Elza Walker from the abandoned RE 1.5, um, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of prototype.
1: The ori- original character. That's, that's, that's fun yeah. for sure. Um, you can also flip on the old music and sound effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not doing this, you're a cop. Like if, if you don't play with the old background music, like if you don't walk into the police station and it's not the Resident Evil two police station, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, why would you listen to these new Hans Zimmer swells when you can listen to Resident Evil two music? Yeah. From 1998. Like it is so much objectively better. Mm-hmm. And I do not understand anyone who doesn't just turn on. I kept like trying to give the new music a chance and yeah. turning it back off with disgust.
0: Yeah. Like there, 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 is, There's really only one track that specifically calls back um that has like a, a little motif it's a leon and ada motif that is cool and good but other than that it is hans Zimmerswell kind of stuff it's I mean, the old music is so good setting. like yeah yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's really really good that that uh first getting into the the police station music is just like chef fingers as hell
0: mm-hmm. um yeah no. uh, uh I, I like the old character models in principle but playing with them is super awkward because their faces don't animate Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Yep. Just goofiness. Did you watch those Resident Evil 2 roundtables? I did not. Okay. They're neat. Uh, You know, I pulled out, you know, I I watched that, so I'll bring up stuff that, 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 that comes out. But, yeah, it's the team eating and having drinks together talking about the development. And, like, part three, like, Kamiya comes back, the director of the original, to talk about the original and kind of offer his thoughts on the remake. And it's, like, the two of them... Kind of just asking each other, like, honestly, like, what did you what did you think about this? Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's good. And they are eating what looks like delicious food and drinking what looks like delicious drinks. So.
1: I like delicious food. Yeah. uh, I'll I'll have to look up those videos since I keep putting delicious food into YouTube and (laughs) (laughs) I keep on getting young, sexy Claire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter what, it's like Mr. X chasing Nancy Blair, like a Benny Hill villain, aka Benny Hill, yeah. the villain of the Benny Hill series. Um, so this is uh, they they originally had this idea to do this remake, um, in two thousand two, because the first remake did well, reviewed well, like that yeah. didn't sell real well. We talked about how that kind of necessitated RE four, mm-hmm. um, coming out, but since it was. Critically well received, they're like, okay, well, maybe we'll do that for two. Yeah. Um, but they did not. Um, one interesting thing I I heard about this is that uh, they actually um, did uh, uh they contacted. There's like a fan remake mm. of that. Did you hear about that? No. Where uh, so there's a game called Daymare 1998 that is still apparently coming out. This was going to be an unofficial fan remake of RE2. Um, Capcom rep- like contacted them and gave them a cease and desist, um, they started changing the game not to be Resident Evil 2, but some of the people who worked on Daymare in 1998 uh, joined up to help with this game. Oh, huh. So.
0: Yeah, it still says it's going to be available in Q2 2019.
1: Or, I'm sorry, I, I misread something. Some of the people who worked on this game are helping with that game. Oh, okay. Not right. Like Capcom didn't poach people. They actually, some people worked on this are working on this game called Daymare 1998, yeah, which is a spiritual successor of like the 1998 version of Resident Evil 2.
0: Awesome. I had no idea so, this yeah. existed. This looks
1: great. Yeah. It looks awesome. Yeah. Like I'm super excited about it.
0: Yeah. Q2 2019. I'm glad that that was not canceled. I'm glad that usually the cease and desist kind of things end up in a real shitty way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Super, super glad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when they, they eventually, you know, they were going to make this in 2002. They obviously didn't. Um, they, When they did start working on this in earnest, the goal was to kind of evoke the original game while making the game modern. Yeah. So, evoke that nostalgia, evoke that memory. Yeah. But, yeah, be modern. And very smartly, I think.
0: You know, they announced this in 2015. It was just kind of like a logo reveal at an E3 or something like that. Um, saying, like, hey, we're working on this. This was even before, you know, this was well before RE7 came out. I think we just barely kind of knew that RE7 was a thing at that point. And then, so after they did that logo reveal, there was nothing else, uh, nothing Mm -hmm. else until E3 of 2018, where they showed a completed trailer and a gameplay demo. Um, and it uh, landed like a I about say it landed like a bomb, which sounds like a bad <laughs> thing. It like it blew up. Like yeah. I was just tremendously excited about this. I don't know that I saw anybody who really pooh pooed it uh, greatly. Uh, you know, there was certain you know a certain amount of cautious optimism. My cautious optimism turned into regular optimism after they did <laughs> Re Seven so well,
1: mm-hmm. you know? and then eventually became super optimism. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. this was something like I don't get hype for a lot of things, but I was really looking forward to this. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I love it when I look forward to something and it's not a disappointment. Yeah. Like hype is a poison <laughs> and you should divest yourself of it because it's a good way to be disappointed. And there's infinite good games out there. Mm-hmm. Stop getting hype for things. Um, but, you know, when you actually do take that risk and it pays off, um, I guess I didn't get very much from being, uh, you know, from being hyped for it. I just had a good time. with the game, <laughs> Right. Yeah so
0: yeah you know. um so before they released this i forgot to make a note about it but it is worth noting the way they handled the demo for this did you oh they did, have
1: this demo is neat
0: yeah did you play the um, demo
1: i i didn't i don't do i don't do demos i don't do trailers anymore yeah i just i just don't do it like if i know i'm gonna play something i just want to go into it blind when it yeah, comes out and yeah. i can actually relax with it like um i think this trailer is an awesome idea
0: so yeah yeah no. So oh. the what they did for people who uh, are listening in the future or who, who were not aware, about two weeks before the game came out, they put out what was called the one-shot demo, which is uh, you know, the beginning of the game. It's modified. It's not the regular thing. You start out in the police station, but you're playing as Leon and you have 30 minutes to play the game. Like they just mm-hmm. put you out there with it. Uh, once that 30 minutes is over, uh, guess what? The demo is gone. Like you can't fire yeah. it up again. Maybe you can delete it. Uh, maybe there is some kind of flag, but it's like, yeah, you got 30 minutes to see this. And then, you know, you're, you're going to come back when the actual game comes out and see the rest of it.
1: Yep. It's a way more clever way of doing, instead of doing like a gameplay preview, you yeah. you know, cause there's always get released to press where it's like, here's us playing the first hour and a half of this game, mm-hmm. like letting you play the first half hour and only do it once, Yeah, you know, is extremely cool. It like, it prevents people from like exploiting it and finding weird back doors yeah. and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And it just has a lot of flavor. Yeah to it which i like quite a bit
0: it was good i streamed i streamed my first go of it and i was just i was you know smile ear to ear the entire time
1: yep it's uh it's really good um so this game was uh critically acclaimed mm-hmm. like people loved it like i said this is my favorite game of the year yep. um you know it has uh this you know metacritic score that's really high um they said that uh Capcom has said resident evil three mate uh resident evil three make would be uh, a possibility if people spoke out for it and people mm-hmm. are yeah um, I want to see that. I want to see this take on Mr. X where you can fight him, where it's not just pursuit. Uh-huh. Like, give me this limited amount of ammo and make me have to really use my environment to take down an enemy for a very high risk, high reward.
0: Mm-hmm. Get me thing. into some of those environments, too. Like, get me into the streets and get me way businesses into the city. and stuff. Yeah.
1: One, one of the minor, you know, bummers of this is you don't spend as much time in the city. Like, the city yeah. sections are very short. Mm-hmm. They're never big in Resident Evil 2, but they're even shorter now, it feels like. Yeah um and yeah the city looks so good in this that like i would like to play in the city yeah give me give me uh mikhail what kind of <laughs> accent that guy gonna have good um, <laughs> i mean probably <laughs> yeah ho- yeah hopefully <laughs> but it depends if they get the, those juicy juicy scabs or they get those <laughs> those union voice actors who can't do shit that's not yeah. true, actually <laughs> union voice actors are good all voice acting is fine yes um <laughs> yeah it is all good yeah but yeah i would love a, a resident <laughs> evil 3 make and then i was like it, just keep this train going. Yeah, give me, like, I would love give to me see, a good version any, a code of Code Veronica. Veronica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a good version of Code Veronica? Get out of here. Yeah. You know, that would be astounding. You know, yeah. those gooey enemies, those Stretch Armstrong enemies. The like Banner Snatches, yeah. Banner Snatches, but good. Yeah. You know, that would be awesome. Like So yeah, keep the keep this train running. Like Capcom can kind of just keep me running in place <laughs> with this series for the rest of my life. Yeah. If they want to. That's you know, fine. I will always look forward to a Resident Evil game now that they're like absolutely unequivocally back, baby.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a sweet moment in one one of those roundtables where they describe like, oh, yeah, like a bunch of us just straight up cried when the Metacritic posted. You know, they Mm -hmm. were talking about like, oh, I thought it'd be like an 80 or something. They talked about like, I guess it was a real scarring event for them when RE7 got like an 86 or something. Mm -hmm. Metacritic is bad, Uh, but it is very sweet that like, oh, yeah, people like this game that we took some
1: risks on. Um, Yeah.
0: And, you know, just developers are people, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for, for sure. Metacritic is bad. Like a no no argument there. It's also silly to cry when your game gets an eighty six on Metacritic, <laughs> yeah. a little bit too, or like have this be this like huge scarring moment. Like yeah. the the relationship between an artist and like their uh, quantifiable. Quality yeah. score of art. I
0: i also I also overstated it. They were just like you know when talking about the expectation, they said, "Yeah, for this, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it got like an eighty six or something like uh like, yeah. like Re Seven did." I overstated it by saying it was scarring. the the yeah. The crying was them saying like, "Oh yeah, like this thing we worked on for three years, people absolutely love it."
1: Yeah, which is good. You know, good for them. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah, that's a great game. Um, this is the end of the generalities. If you're listening to this on the public feed. Um, if you want to hear the rest of the episode, uh, that, this is something that we have for patrons. Mm-hmm. Go to patreon.com slash TV. If you're listening on your Patreon feed, buckle up for the second half of the Resident Evil 2 remake episode experience. <laughs> Coming in your ears. Now, 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 now. No. I'm not putting a reverb on there. I'm trying I'm to figure out to a way to make that a little bit more spicy, those transitions. <laughs> you know? Yeah. like do you think that might get more people to sign up if there's like a now, now, now.
0: No, that, that, I think so. I think there is. Yeah.
1: Or like uh, maybe early on in the episode, we'd be like the back half of the Resident Evil 2 remake. Watch out for fireballs. Experience is coming soon, soon, soon. Eventually, 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 eventually,
0: eventually, eventually. In this episode, one of the hosts dies, 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 dies. Their
1: hair, 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 hair. Okay. Um, let's just get into it. Fuck it.